0: Well, if you are listening closely, you may have noticed that my voice is a little uh, shaky this morning, uh, but it's good to be with you. However, please note that I'm, I'm going to give only virtual hugs this morning in the interest of uh, not passing... about spirituality in the everyday world of little children tugging and crying and and, wa- and having to get your wash load in and having to get to work. Uh, Renita Weems is your writer. One of her excerpts that I absolutely love is the story she tells of how when she and her husband were first married, one morning she noticed that he, she, he put on his, shoe, his shoes and socks she. And she couldn't imagine how she could have married him if only she'd realized that he did this crazy The time when God the eternal is silent. Neither my years in seminary nor those devoted to doctorate work in biblical studies prepared me for those periodic pulls into darkness. Walk through a burning corridor. Eventually we have to accept that dying and rising, freezing and thawing, resting and rebounding, but so does spring. Sing praises to the Lord, O you, his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name, for his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning. Rebecca Parker, recently retired president of Star King School for Ministry, where I did most of my seminary training, began her ministry in the parish. In her book, Proverbs of Ashes, she describes a visit to one of her parishioners, Maxine. At Parker's knock, Maxine puts down a letter from her brother, Lyle, telling of his most recent visit to the Mexican border with his wife, church friends supported his trips to the border each winter with we almost lost him who would ever have thought that now he would be the one helping others Lyle had come back from the war in 1945, the only soldier from his town in Iowa to survive that brutal war. The town met his train with a band. The townspeople cheered him as he got off the train. The mayor came to greet him. But Lyle shied away without response. The man He had lost his soul. Now he had nothing left to give, not a word, not a gesture. His sister took him home. Day after day, week after week, month after month. About the church potluck, who was there, what people wore. She told him about the clothes that blew off the clothesline and landed in the tomatoes. After all the words she could think of were day after day, week after week. After everyone had gone to bed except Maxine, Lyle's eyes filled with tears. Maxine looked up and noticed. She went over to him and put her arms around her. Lyle began to cry. Torrents of tears. Great gasps of sobbing. Then he began to talk. He talked of the noise, the cold, the smoke, the death of his buddies. And then he spoke of the camps, the mass graves, the smell. He talked all night. Maxine listened. When the morning light came across the fields, she went to the kitchen and cooked him breakfast. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. You know how I always avoid the word all. Because I think as you use, our experiences and our thoughts are often... We all know nights when we weep, or worse, cannot speak, cannot sleep, cannot weep. Whether those nights come after the horrors of war or or old, they come. But can we believe that there will come an end to weeping? in the morning I have struggled with this question many times some of whose sorrows I know some of whose sorrows I do not know and will never know I'm not a therapist I'm not a climate, the changing climate. My role is to bring some evidence that life is worth living while tragedy is still raw and our eyes are still swollen. My ministry is to witness that we are a part of something larger than ourselves that is with us even when we are alone, homeless in the night. But what spiritual resources do I have from our Deeply ambiguous faith, our team when we are in need. I thought it was interesting that, uh, I don't know how many of you know the name Aaron Rodgers, he's the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, said that he personally didn't think that God cared who won the football game. Go, Aaron. (laughs) We may have found a new way to understand God in our lives, but it is not the old way. The understanding of our childhood vision of God, for most of us, for many of us anyway, is gone forever other of others of us won't use words like god or holy at all to us from disaster at the last minute i can't offer the comfort of a divine plan that commanded our pain for some greater good i don't believe in such a god Was a Christian, but my feeling is that belief in something like that is really, it really feels like a betrayal when God doesn't show up. Rebecca Parker speaks at length in her book of her own protracted agony as she struggles with the reality, the results of childhood sexual abuse. She saw the abuse as the root cause of her two divorces. It led her to mutilate, <coughs> me, self-mutilation mutilate, self and attempted suicide. And I don't know if ever, any of you have ever met Rebecca Parker, but she's this wise woman, you know, and, and it's just, I, I remember when I was reading this book how hard it was to imagine that Therapy helped Parker, but she says she needed a spiritual ground. She had been taught as a child that God required her to suffer in imitation. She considered it not only false, but destructive. She searched for a new understanding of the holy that would sustain her soul as she worked to heal her emotions. Her spiritual answer, paradoxically, came through therapy. When she was finally able to allow herself to remember the worst abuse, she also remembered knowing that God was with her at this terrible moment. God an embracing presence with her at the moment when the abuse was worst. She found that she believed that some remnants of the God force, that's what she called it, the God force, the thing that makes us all connected, the interdependent, enough to prevent him from killing her. At some level, the abuser was just able to maintain some sense of relationship with the tiny life beneath him that allowed her to survive. What is God? We human beings and I guess I should say that Those of us who are Unitarian Universalists have struggled with these questions since our earliest beginnings when we began trying to find ways to prevent tragedy. We asked them when disasters happen that terrible fire in Annapolis that took two grandparents and their four grandchildren. We asked them when we wonder whether what we do matters. This mother God arranges our marriages, brings us children, stays by our side when we trust ourselves that they will always, always, always rescue us when we get into trouble. But as we grow up, as we grow up, we discover that science explains creation through. Quite natural causes. We feel that we make our own choices for a mate. They're not made for us. We may pray for help sometimes, but nothing really of good people, devout people, subjected to the most dreadful tragedies without relief. We realise that despite our fervent prayers for healing, all of us must eventually die. of us reject the superparent model of god and then believe the god question is Rebecca Parker suggested that our dictionaries need additional definitions of god yes virginia she says god really does exist though god doesn't own a sleigh and 12 speedy reindeer she doesn't attempt to describe all of what god might be This is not a systematic theology that she proposes. She focuses instead on one aspect she sees of the holy, which she calls presence. God is not a person, in her view. It is the impulse to create, to care, to love. That's a name for the... Or another way of phrasing it is that God is in our voice, our hands, our feet. We are part of something larger than ourselves, something that includes all of creation, something that is alongside with science. Parker calls his sense of connection presence. Shelter, love, success, independence. Much of our lives are focused on these goals. Work, 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 play, play, play. Throughout all countries, all ages, people have sought a spiritual dimension to their lives. We come to our holy places seeking to feel connected with something larger than ourselves, something something that makes our lives, that gives our lives worth and purpose. The holy enters our lives when we experience this relationship to something larger than ourselves. I Would say that God was in that room. We may have known that same presence, though we may not call it God. The word is not important. We may have experienced unconditional love present in the room with us when we are sick or in need. We may have heard the voice of that presence in those who long for peace, those who long for justice, those who long for the health of our planet. But what if, to give physical form to the holy. For most most of us, it is, I probably shouldn't even say most. (laughs) For some of us, for one or two, called the devil. I think it's interesting that we we have these discussions about God Of, is there a force of evil that that is behind the Adam what was Adam That you know that the, the people who do such terri- terrifically horrible things. God was there in little five-year-old Rebecca's discovery that even at that moment she was not alone. Something of that bond that unites. that the connection that we have in this room would be with any one of us or that somehow we could feel that this community was with us because surely if any of us knew about it wouldn't we be thinking about that person and caring about that person to me that's that presence that she talks about that's the hard part of the parker's theology divine but can we recognize the presence of god when we are terrified in the night tempted by the devil inside ourselves or when we alone or when we are alone facing pain and grief or when says that she believes the presence is always with us. How do we know? I would like to throw out the idea that one answer may lie in the experience who throughout the ages have opened their minds and their hearts and found themselves in the presence of the awesome. A heart that embraces us. Their experiences aren't. circumstantial evidence we may at least consider their experiences not one not two not five not ten not a hundred but billions over the centuries as our breath, the heart of the universe present in every atom of existence cannot walk beyond the light. The light is always with us, waiting for us to listen.